0: all right here we go you want to try that again adam let's get
1: this episode popping Tasting glasses, wine <laughs> yeah, souvenir somewhere.
0: wine tasting glasses. I've been to many a winery in my day. Ooh. It's not. A, it's not a problem. It's something I could stop doing anytime. It's long. never,
1: never impacted your life negatively. Where are the oyster crackers?
0: Oh uh, well, we don't have to cleanse our palate, so we're drinking drink the same drink wine, wine, which uh, for our listeners is called Saint Hubert's the Stag. And uh, was selected uh, because it's an extremely high-quality one. Or possibly because it has huge antlers on the label, which fits the theme of our uh, book this uh, month. The, uh, the wreath folks have their, uh, what is it, the horns and, and the wings. So uh, I thought that uh, that's that all I needed to see. It seemed to fit the theme, so I picked it for that reason and that reason alone. I have no
1: idea as to the quality. You know what, I'm going to pretend I even know how to taste wine for this, so you say, can tell me whatever you want. This is a
2: step
0: above the
1: usual box that I'm exposed to, so I thought we're in good shape here.
0: All right, then, I'm going to just uh, recalibrate here and insist that this <laughs> is a very fine wine that I purchased here. Wine uh,
1: Spectator, score of 100.
0: Yes, after, after spending weeks tasting wines that I thought would be appropriate for the podcast, I
1: finally after agonizing, decided on this one. We appreciate your comment. Yeah, I heard Mike actually got his Somalia certification for this episode. Oh, you're yeah. Africa? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. oh, that's Somalia. Sorry. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Somalier. I am one. <laughs> All
0: right. So try the nose first and uh, see what we think. It's pleasant.
1: My allergies get in the way. This is
0: this is a fact. This is actually. It's actually a not the wine's fault. <laughs> this this is uh, happening to me right now. I, I can barely uh, smell anything due to uh, the recent pollen explosion that has happened. Lots oh, of tree sex happening out there. Lots I do of get tree sex. I do get cherries. I'm getting some spice in there. Maybe a little oak. Yeah. Well, it's uh, aged in oak, so you should. Um, I mean. I, I, you should definitely get a little of that. I, I definitely get cherries, like darker <laughs> cherries. Like yeah. um, a little seven eleven floor in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's because we spit in your glass before. Oh but Aww. you can
0: tell just from you can tell just from smelling the wine that this is like California like syrupy, like juicy kind of wine, <laughs> as opposed to like a drier uh, French wine.
1: It does coat the glass.
0: Yeah, it sure does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a wine with legs. <laughs> uh, and, well, that means it's not a. I'm sorry, it's not a Finger Lakes region wine. No. Sorry, because any red from the Finger Lakes is going to be Concord grape. Yes. Which is straight grape juice. Yes, it's going to okay. taste like candy, pretty much. do oh, okay. apologize yeah, for your
0: knowledge. knowledge. That was uh,
1: I you learned. I learned something you. from you today. All thank you. Right. So shall we? What's the next step in tasting? Cause well, I'm not usually. Okay, oh my, yes, and then we'll talk about that.
0: Spit it out or it. Always swallow. You have to spit yours out, Sean. Sean is chewing gum, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I get the cherry still. Absolutely. This is pretty good, actually. I, uh-huh. yeah, from the smell, I thought this was going to be a lot more syrupy you know, than I uh, usually like in a wine. But this is actually pretty dry. It's got a good amount of dryness to it. Yeah, it? absolutely. It's like a lot
2: of cap sauce from the Finger Lakes region. It, it doesn't disappoint. It kind of reminds me of Dr. Frank's in a way.
1: I do know a little bit. I wasn't trying to belittle your knowledge. <laughs> I have gone to many a red cat tasting, so. Mm. And if you don't know what red cat is, it's basically the wine that high schoolers buy. You need a hot tub in order to enjoy red cat. Yeah. I'm gonna say dark chocolate. I'm getting a little uh, dark chocolate, uh, cocoa sort of mm-hmm. from it. Look at that. <clears throat> it's a very clean finish. It doesn't stay long. Mm. This would really go well with a steak.
0: Oh, yes! Wow. wow. We'll talk about that in just a minute. we got lots of fun goodies
1: planned for the <laughs> evening here. Is the other half of the horns, huh? That's right. It's not fighting with the wings in my stomach right now, either. So. We have covered both the wings and the horns multiple ways this episode. I am proud of our uh, figurative representation of the book. So it'll be much more relevant to you casual listeners once we discuss the text,
2: but wings and horns figure pretty prominently in this selection. Oh, I almost got, like, a tornado going in this glass. That was impressive.
1: You know what? I have a friend who is, a, is working on his sommelier, and so I feel peer pressure to actually pretend to know what I'm doing. <laughs> your friend will be proud. Does your friend listen to the cast? No, and I don't know why. He's dead to me. Aaron, <laughs> I'm glancing at you.
0: <laughs> well, now that we've got some wine on it, he can come in. You can tell us all our mistakes and how bad the wine is that we purchased. a yeah. um,
1: yeah. straw. <laughs> Did you spit your gum out? No, I'll get you a oh, straw. <laughs> I usually put about six ice cubes in my wine. Can I have some ice cubes? You got an ice maker. You can have more than six. <laughs> man. Train, on.
0: <laughs> on a serious note, I'm going to say this is particularly dry, and I can tell that because my tongue feels like very tried out after every sip yeah. here. It's a good red meat wine. I'll oh, yes. Yeah. This, is, this is perfect. Oh, yeah. for this steak. is going to go good with a, with a steak off the grill. Absolutely. And we want to get into the tasting notes here. This is-
1: yeah. What, uh, since you were on the lead on that one, sir, I sure. can't even pretend to know how to talk about tasting notes.
0: So uh, according to the bottle, first of all, and I think we could all tell this, uh, you know, from, from smelling and just lightly sipping the wine, uh, but this is... Uh, a symbol of power and elegance. Mm-hmm. And more than that, it is the stuff of myth and legend revered the world over. And it personifies strength
1: <laughs> and grace. I could taste <laughs> that with every It's exactly what I think of when I see uh, horns over a hillbilly's truck. Yeah. 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 It, grace. Yes. Exactly. Grace, strength, strength. grace. Yes. yes yeah. The stuff of myth. All of it. This is a very
0: Hemingway esque sentence right here, though. Personifies strength. And grace, the only thing that's missing is under pressure. Grace, under pressure. And like a run-on sentence with
2: no punctuation.
1: Yes, Let's small words,
0: yeah. run-on <laughs> <laughs> sentence, little punctuation. I say that but the next well. sentence
1: will be, you know, teleoscopic. It'll be like four okay. words long. That's yeah. it. So you're done.
0: Well, and to Sean's point, said with love. Uh, I think we're all big Hemingway fans here. So. Absolutely. All right, so the actual tasting notes is that this is opulent, <laughs> oh, That's what like opulence, opulent it's just taste such like an overused fucking word. Yet, <laughs> yet refined. Bathroom is opulent. Jesus, <laughs> is because uh, it's, it's got a plush toilet cover. <laughs> claims to be generous in its dark berry. Adam, you said dark <laughs> berries, right? Yep. yep. Spice. I think that was Sean. Did you say spice, shine? Um, somewhere in there, I think I mentioned the word spice. And a hint of oak. That was Sean for sure. Sean, I remember Sean is. saying that. Yeah, yeah, take your point. I'm digging that there. Which support velvety tannins and a lengthy finish. In the tradition of St. Hubert, our patron saint, this wine is worthy of the hunt. I think I said that. Like for <laughs> me? Worthy of the hunt? <laughs> yeah. No, you actually, sure. word for word, like, that was... I said in the tradition of Saint Hubert. Yeah. Worthy of the hunts. It was incredible. Oh, I think that was the first thing I said. When I came to your house and <laughs> you showed me the bottle, the first thing you said was in the tradition of St. Hubert. I bought this because it appears to be in the tradition of Saint Hubert. Worthy no. of, of the, the l- Hunt. Label completely obscured from your vision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really want to look up Saint Hubert now and find out that he's like the patron saint of like whale hunting or
2: stupid <laughs> <laughs> shit like that.
1: Uh-huh. Nothing to do with antlers or stags. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> it's the patron saint of rulers. <laughs>
1: <That's> right. <laughs> Measurements. Measurements, yes. <laughs> and cannon fodder. All right, well... No, not Thank yeah. you. Please, I enjoy it. Well, yeah. We have
0: tasted. We'll uh, pour a proper glass here. Thank you. In anticipation of what is yet to come, which is, uh, by the way, uh, as we, we've already stated, the characters in the book are divided into either wings or horns by their species, and so we've already eaten some chicken wings... Uh which Sean provided. It was Jack Daniels and I always bring the cheap shit. Always <laughs> brings the cheap shit. Which you mighty about. taco. But, but you know yeah. what? It's
2: it's Buffalo and wings are royalty here. Or, or the food of royalty. Oh, yeah. So. yeah.
1: They weren't friggin' Domino's wings. They were a local <laughs> joint's wings. They were glorious. They were great. They were very
0: good. And uh, next up, we uh, will be going outside momentarily uh, to represent the horn uh, part of the book by uh, grilling up a, a few steaks on the charcoal grill on the Weber to go with this uh, red wine. So we are we're fully
1: representing the book. Agreed. Absolutely. Last little tidbit here. Not only is Hubert the patron state of uh, hunters, mathematicians, opticians, metalworkers. And was invoked to cure rabies. Oh, we are uh, back from eating our steaks. Holy shit, Mike. They were glorious. Oh, you flatter me, Man. but thank you. Man. Oh, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed that. Yeah, I'll eat some horns any day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I'm going to assume we're still talking
1: about steak at this point. Sure. <laughs> I'm drinking at a horn. Yeah, there you go. I am actually jealous. I love this glass. Um, but it's not a horn.
2: Well, I got this ale horn, uh, for a gift from my sister-in-law. And I have to say that this, uh, this, if you're looking for partners, ale horn, I think (laughs) we would love to partner up with you. And I've got to say, I'm really enjoying your drinking vessel. It is fantastic. And I really thoroughly enjoy the ale that is emanating
1: forth from my ale horn. We would love to partner up with big ale horn. It is. Wow. Yeah, you're not kidding. I looked at the bottom of it, and it is branded Alehorn. It is correct. I have lots of D&D friends Alehorn. I think this could play. It is fantastic, and I love it. so impressive. uh, We are ready to talk about Saga. We are socially lubricated here. (laughs) I think because this was a group pick, again, we're into the group pick season, uh, maybe we could each give one or two sentences or ideas of a synopsis of it here, just talking about Saga, and I'll start with it's a fucking space opera, mm. and I love it for that. First name. I, I think I took the easiest route. <laughs> so whoever wants to follow up after space opera.
0: Well, that's, uh, you know, we, we spoke on our last podcast about Star Wars not being science fiction. Um, you know, we uh-huh. said it's it's Lord of the Rings in space or sword and sandals in space. and. Saga is, uh, you know, basically the same thing. There's no science in Saga. It is, uh, you know, it has the sheen of science mm-hmm. in terms of technology and, and being futuristic. But, uh, but it's definitely fantasy. Mm-hmm. It is uh, definitely straight fantasy in space. Yeah, I, I, honestly, you guys have your soul with Brian Cape oh. <laughs> <laughs> man, is done. Hang on, hang on.
2: All right, so you had me sold when Brian came on because "Why the Last Man." I was hooked by that, Adam. Thank you for that. And when I heard that, I'm like, "Yes, let's do this." And everything that you sold it to be came true. It's fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah. Honestly, I probably ending the cast right now by saying I was really just fantastically happy with it, knowing that I did not get as far as you guys did, unfortunately. As I stared at the stack of um, Capendio that Mike has <laughs> over there. But let's let's give a, a quick synopsis. So you get a planet and a moon fighting, right? Anecdotally known as the the horns and the wings, basically, throughout the entire story. And the the battle rages beyond the planet and the moon and that they start <laughs> doing kind of like proxy wars throughout the universe, whereas the original combatants are not fighting anymore. But they're fighting on other planets, not on their home planets or the home moon, I suppose, at this point. Um, And the horns have magic. The wings can fucking fly. There are droids with TVs on their shoulders, which we can get to in a little bit. Instead of heads. Instead of heads, thank you. Loved that. We'll talk about the prince and Mm -hmm. how fucked up he is, or (laughs) unable to fuck he is. Um, Yeah... But I guess, what else are we missing from the synopsis here besides a galactic war between two factions that then taint everybody around them? I guess a quick
2: description that they're humanoid figures. Uh The uh, wings are just basically people with wings, but they're not like specific wings. They could be feathered, they could be bug wings. wings. Bat wings. Yeah, bat wings. Any number of different kinds of wings. They just have wings. And the horns, there's no prescribed type of horn. They just have horns growing out of their heads. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, they look fairly human. And uh, But they speak a different language. Right. The horns do. Yeah, the horns. They, 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 it's interesting they make that point, because the wings speak language, and the horns have what looks almost like Esperanto or something like that. Yeah, they
1: call it, like, blue or yeah. what else is it? It's called a couple derogatory things throughout the series. The wings, uh, you know, I guess
0: are, are, are pretty bad at names because they do call their language language and they call their planet landfall, uh, which is uh, not the most creative name for a planet. Terra firma. Uh, yeah, but uh, what's interesting, too, about the two is that I think the wings fall into, it, it, there's like a sort of genre contrast between the two species as well. The wings are like the very sophisticated science fiction-y type you know, their government is represented by that shady agent who's always on his cell phone and wearing a tuxedo. You know, there's a sheen, there's a polish. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, he has small exactly. wings. And then, and then the wreath, the, the horns, uh, are, are like the sort of traditional fantasy. Um, you know, their, their culture is built around, like, magic and spells and so on. I was reading a very deep analog to
2: the uh, wings being almost representative of just Western or American culture. And the horns of the wreath planet being sort of a momentary, be more representative of like the whatever native inhabitants that we've tried to obliterate in the past. Like whether it be, <laughs> see Muslim everyone in the past twenty Or, years. Uh, you know, Vietnam or anything like that. Just more like traditional, natural kind of a culture. Like whether it be Native American or, like I said, like some sort of more tribal sort of background. Sure. Where just a much more simplistic, not simplistic, that's not, not the right word. Yeah. But not as uh technological not as reliant on technology.
0: Uh, civilization. Well and, and there's certainly a tie in to as as Adam was saying, they fight their proxy wars everywhere else in the universe. And I mean that's the story of, of many American wars between us and say Russia, for example. You know, Vietnam was basically America versus Russia, but it was fought on a Vietnamese battlefield. Um, you know, and there's there's other wars that, that follow that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be another one. So you know, there's that connection as
1: well. Yeah. I mean, even Afghanistan to a small mm. extent. We funded them, and then they turned on us.
2: Yeah. Oops. There's a lot of things that uh, Vaughn, you can tell he's drawing from in the real world,
1: especially with that comet planet, and how it almost becomes like an Afghanistan, like this little, like,
2: insignificant in rock that gets picked over so many times by big, giant countries that right. are trying, for whatever
0: reason, to use it to their ends. That's a real good analog. And they ultimately destroy that comet, and I'm sure you know we'll get to that eventually. But uh, that is probably the most heartbreaking, or one of the most
1: heartbreaking moments. There was a series. There there. was yeah. There was a series of heartbreaks. Um, If you have not. Gotten to volume at least six, you may want to close your ears at this point.
0: We have to give spoiler alerts. Um, no, we're okay. So let's let's assume, let's tell our audience like we are going to cover the nine volumes that are out. So it's yeah. a good point to mention, also. That <laughs> yeah, it, this is not a finished
2: saga, right? Quote unquote. And I believe Vaughn and his oh, artist, oh, shoot, I can't Fiona Staples, thank you. Fiona Staples. Yes. yes, they have vowed to continue it for at right. least another nine. Uh, episodes. So they're planning on finishing it as like this mirrored book and it's just COVID, of course, has yeah. disrupted their plan. Sure. But I, I have a feeling that they will come back and they will give a satisfying yeah. conclusion to it. And speaking of Fiona Staples, um,
0: and this is something else I'm sure we'll talk about it at various points in the cast, but um, you know, holy shit, like, say what you want about Brian K. Vaughan as the author, uh, but I mean, this, this is not the same series without that art, that no, is just incredible, it's no.
1: and it, it's such a wide range. There are some points where it's very like sketchy, and I mean sketchy in like having multiple lines over one area mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then it's there are times where it's very polished um, on the opposite end, and very like high contrast, bright colors. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of sextillion mm-hmm. versus like when they're in the tree where it's very muted color scheme uh, yes. and that sort of thing. She
2: is so integral to the story and her illustrations. so it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I've been a huge proponent of graphic novels as a, a legitimate literature and art form for a long time. And this proves it. It is beautiful to look at.
0: And it is fantastic to read. You can take almost any frame on almost any page in this entire saga and... Uh, <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, there you go. That no was point. that was unintentional, but I'll take credit <laughs> for it. Take it. Um, quite impressive what she's doing artistically. Um, the colors are incredibly vibrant, but the scenery and the depiction of the characters are just as fascinating as the story. The the realism of, like, the faces of the characters, like Elena and Marco, and, you know, how she's able to capture all that, and, you know, when when he must give her, you know, I enjoyed, as I was reading, thinking about, like, what her reaction must have been like when he gave her half the shit that he was writing. There's a scene where these characters walk into a cave, and they come across a dragon sucking its own dick. Yep. And what was ben, her br- to bring back the will Yeah, That's right. and what yeah. was her reaction when she read that and yet it is fantastically rendered in a believable way you read that and you're like well yeah, that yes that, that seems to be a, what a dragon sucking its own dick would look like <laughs> this artist can truly capture the look of a penis oh yeah no I mean, other yeah there are a lot of things. Keanu Staples
1: has had to draw a lot of dicks in yes, the series. Sure has.
0: Prince Robot, like, just oh, jerking off in a bed, like, blatantly and whatever yeah. that was, volume yeah. 7. Very
1: different kinds of dicks,
2: too. Like, not yeah. like any one, like, <laughs> generic dick. Like, we've got to talk about a lot of exotic
0: dicks. And she yeah. nails it. Absolutely nails it. Yeah.
1: Weird yeah, to say yeah, it, does. but... No, she does. No, <laughs> she does. She does. And, like... Dragon dick. Dragon dick. Dragon, that, that might be a dick. Dragon <laughs> dick. Yeah, we need the Dragon scene That's her to bring piece back that the will. resistance. That's her that is her yeah. masterpiece. So we, we joke about it and everything, but
2: honestly when you think about just western culture and the the sort of aberration of showing a penis or a phallus or whatever in any kind of regard and the fact that they don't shy away from it in this as it's a part yeah. of the story yeah. as much as anything. Sometimes for comic relief obviously, and other times it's just part of the story. Uh as one character particular who with possession of a penis Changes who she is, ah. mm. and it's um, but it's done with just I deftly. It's the only way I can describe it. It's yep. just done
1: well. Yep. Yeah, really uh, well thought out and subtly. Right. In That's some shocking. cases, in some cases, it's not like you're at Sextillion. Welcome to Planet Abortion. Here we go. <laughs> you know, like uh, right. so you would expect that, and I think because it it deals with so much of it Definitely, It gets away with the things like Planet Sextillion and uh, the murder of the will in a way that is, like, shocking. Right. And you're able to accept, it though, because it's not constantly shock value, shock value, shock value.
2: Right. I really appreciated that they weren't shy about dealing with a lot of our current social issues in just a frank, open manner. Yes. And not being afraid to discuss the way people feel about things in the real world, and how honestly some of that's just bullshit, and just calling it out. And right. I
1: loved it for that. I wonder if you might get into specifics about that. I'm sorry, Mike, I cut you off. On no, it, no, I was, was just agreeing think? with Sean. I wasn't
0: going to make a point of. I, I was saying right because I, I think that's that's an incredibly important aspect of this entire series. Um, this 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 whole series is beautiful. In the sense that it is dealing with truth and hard truths, mm-hmm. and all the stuff about this that is so graphically violent or so graphically sexual, you know, or, or all the times you want to turn the page and you want to chuckle because it's like, "Hey, everybody, welcome to Abortion Town" or something like yeah. that. You know, it's 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 not only entertaining; it is putting, as Sean said, incredibly important and complex social issues into its framework and dealing with them in such a you know understanding way for something that is so entertaining yeah you know to do so many of those things you get uh, you get family life you get abortion and homosexuality Exism. and sex work and racism and uh, just war itself so many very complicated and uh, huge topics and done in such a fabulously entertaining way. It's 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 just like I said. The word I want to use is it's just beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful work. Agreed. And, and Adam, you asked for specifics, and the one that yeah, just stands out the most in my
2: mind, and I'm, well, forgive me, but I, I devoured this. So fa- we had not even finished talking about <laughs> Thrawn, and I was already done with the attack. I just couldn't put it down. It was so gripping to me. The character who is. Uh, Trans, and they break her out of prison. What is her name? Uh, It's like a a really long name.
1: I can't remember. (laughs) Mike has a glorious stack
2: (laughs) of all the copies. There's a character that um, somebody runs into in a prison, in a female prison section block, and this character has... Well, it's in a penis. Petrichor. Petrichor, thank you. What a cool name, Petrichor. Yeah. And it's treated like because a child's innocence, it's like, why do you have man parts? And kind of like saying, like, ah, you know, I am what I am. It, it's like brilliantly almost dismissive of the why is that a fucking problem? Yeah. And the way that character is just such a badass. But then at the same time, the way that she's drawn is flawed. Like her one horn is crooked. Like there's something that marks her as other, and yet she rises above that, and still becomes this force in the story to the point where Prince Robot, this like, I guess Rolling an analog for what would you would call maybe a Republican or I'm sorry, set to on the nose,
1: <laughs> a no. an no, ultra conservative
2: society, now, yeah, who learns that maybe there aren't so bad people on the other side of things. It winds up becoming this person's lover. Yeah. I just find it to be just, it It felt so natural and so right. Nothing was forced. Oh. Nothing was like, you're going to take this trans character and accept her because you're a piece of shit if you right. don't. It wasn't like that at all. Right. It was like, wow, this is just who she is. Right. Accept her
0: or don't, whatever. She's part of the story. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I
0: Love that. I think that I agree with that completely because none of it was done in like a, 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 a preachy way that rang false. You know, mm-hmm. like take the two journalists, the amphibian journalists that are pursuing them all yeah. the whole time, right? Yes. So they're they're so, a, they're a homosexual co- uh, couple, right? Who come from a culture where that lifestyle or identity is not accepted, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's actually used by that agent from uh, Reef or not Reef uh, Landfall to. Um, you know, threaten them with that. Like, you wouldn't want this information to get out and everything. So they're dealing with that. Like, you know, who they are and their identity versus what their culture is willing to accept and all that. But they themselves are not represented as these, like, perfect saints, right? They're, like, these sort of sleazy journalists mm-hmm. that they're were... They're almost
1: like ambulance chaser journalists. Exactly. I mean, the, but they, they also are
0: journalistic in. integrity. They really do. a truth. Yeah. Like, so like, true. Wow, it's so
2: complex.
0: That's yeah. right. And then that's how all this stuff... in you know, as as epic as this whole thing is, what's amazing to me is how much gets crammed into
1: such a small page count at the same time. It can be overwhelming at times. Sure. How much they get between Fiona Staples' right. artwork and then Brian K. uh scripting and plotting. I wonder right. how much they work together in terms of like what happens where, pacing wise. But it's right. overwhelming. The
0: the the economy. The, the profundity of the ideas represented by the economy of words is almost Bob Dylan-esque. Oh Well done, sir. Got it yeah. in early. Today. I was waiting for yeah, someone I mean, in the yeah. yeah. You
2: know it's funny, you mentioned the the economy and and Fiona Staples in particular, and it's just her artwork. The pathos mm. that she captures in her character yeah. spaces, I know you mentioned it earlier, but I'm just imagining, like, the daughter. Hazel. Hazel, Hazel. yeah. Thank you. Ooh, Hazel's face as she grows and ages and she as she learns about this complex world she lives in, it's heartbreaking at sometimes, And then also, like, I see my own children's faces in her as she discovers things. And it's just, that is the mark of truly successful art. When you can bring your your audience in to feel right. something, to connect on a deep level like that, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel weird that we're like it's a graphic novel. Oh, man. none it's of us have ever belittled
1: the graphic novel, novel. genre. I no, know. no, it's true, but I think
2: a lot of the the world out there does. I agree yeah. to their to their detriment, honestly, because you're missing something great when oh, it comes to yeah. what graphic novel art. I, I
0: agree, and I and I cannot say that my personal experience with the graphic <laughs> novel is vast. But I've read some good ones. Um, I would say Alan Moore's V for Vendetta is yeah. one that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. But my favorite uh, is Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman, which I think is just an astonishing work of genius. And we should put I, on the list. I, I was going to say we should definitely, that. yeah, cover, we really uh, should. But um, it, it is its own style of, of art, uh, and I, and I agree. And there are so many times. <laughs> <here> <laughs>
2: uh, Adam is holding up a picture of a large, I don't know, cancerous far sack. Fard, Fard.
1: Yeah, he right. fucks the planet. He sure yeah. does. <laughs> he sure I does. Assume. And it's well, an egg. that has been fertilized. The, I will tell you, the breadth and depth of this graphic novel like, will never stop to amaze me. The, I mean, the whole saga series. Um, I was actually looking for something else, and I'm like, oh yeah. Fard was a thing. <laughs> Fard was a thing. They fuck, He fucked, I presume, the planet with his nasty-ass scrotum <laughs> dangling all over the world, and now they have to run away from the planet baby. That's right. Was it
2: confirmed that he had pregnant? Uh, no,
0: them I them just presumed
2: that. He just lived on it. But
0: that—that yeah. that is yet another penis, expertly uh, represented uh, in the by the arts. Yeah. I'm um,
2: afraid of getting into people's baser instincts at all. I think the sex scenes between our two main characters are some of the most interesting scenes in the whole thing, because... Man.
1: They're so realistic. They sure are. Yeah. Yeah. It is, well, that's a whole, nearly a whole nother cast. You know, because as we talk about Elena and Marco. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm Thanks. opening up to the Will and the other bounty hunter whose name is escaping me currently with multiple legs who fuck multiple times. She's a spider
2: woman. Spider yeah. woman. With no arms, but she's got eight legs. What is she called? The... Uh. I Somebody bail me out here. She's a very fascinating character.
0: She has a specter she, in is. Mind. she She spends almost the entire nine volumes as just a figment of the Will's imagination. Right. I mean, yeah. she's actually only alive and herself in the series for a small page one. Young. But mm-hmm. I, I give them credit for trying to depict their <laughs> sexual relationship as well. Yeah. The best
2: they could because the Will is definitely fucked up. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a
1: whole other. Like, I have a. A series of questions later on, based on the will that we can play like oh. just a fast, yeah. well, a fast I, and loose lightning round.
2: I hope this might be an answer already. But one of the, my favorite parts of this whole series is when he's having one of his, his weird hallucinations, and it's like a flashback. Whatever and he's he's banging. I can't think of her name now. The Spider Woman. This character still looking for her name. And she's like, yeah, yeah, go, go, right there, grab it right there, right there. And he finishes, <laughs> and she's like, I'm just, I'm just gonna go over here and take care of myself for a while. Like, he's so inadequate. But he's supposed to be the most badass bounty hunter in the entire galaxy, and yet he can't even satisfy his...
1: Badass freelancer. Yes. That's what they call him. The will. Not just will. The will. The
2: will. The stalk. The stalk. The stalk. That's right. Thank Thank you.
0: you. Uh, I wanted to return to a point we were making a few minutes ago, though, that uh, I I wanted to add this to it, was the the way in which uh, you were talking about the pathos that you're able to detect just from the artwork itself, not even the writing, but just the artwork. And there's so many examples of that. You talked about, like, the daughter, Hazel. Um, For me, one of the most emotional moments of the entire saga is I believe it's the end of Volume 7. What is that asteroid called that they're on? The Planet Mind Suck or the Time Suck. Right, but the asteroid itself, what is that called? But anyways, it's, you know, it's this war-torn land that, like, you know, it's just, uh, I think, Adam, I think you compared it to Afghanistan. It's just been invaded mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. these other powers, and it's just been a battlefield and everything. And throughout the course of, of this entire volume, I think it's volume seven, you, you know, you get to know that land a little bit. You get to know the characters. They have, the, like, those, like, you know, badger creatures or whatever oh, they do, yeah, the, yeah, the mirror yeah, yeah. yeah right And but uh, you learn toward the end that it's spiraling in toward this space monster the time suck right which is another thing represented so well artistically it's horrifying but uh, it seems like they're gonna escape uh, but then you know is it reef, I think, or landfall? One of them like detonates some bomb in order to like cause this thing to get destroyed because they think it's you know, the the, the casualties are gonna be a thing where it's gonna be the greater good and we can maybe try to end this conflict a little bit. But volume seven ends. Are you laughing at the Star Wars reference? We end this destructive
1: conflict.
0: Pause to recognize the universe. It's impossible to to not quote Star Wars. Sometimes it's so deeply ingrained. Indeed. But volume seven ends with this asteroid spiraling into the time suck to be destroyed in in its entirety, and the inhabitants of the asteroid to the last are, like, believing that they will be saved. That this deity that they believe in will rescue them. And it ends with them sinking into the muck as this asteroid, like, disintegrates. And then uh, Fiona uh, Staples ends with, like, three or four pages of just straight black. It's like a movie scene like yeah, fade yeah. to black and that's how it ends and it is so devastating. It's a bold artistic choice and you're right. I
2: remember reading it because I read it on a, like a Kindle app kind of thing because I got it through the library digitally and I remember like looking at it going like did something not load correctly yeah. and then realizing no that's intentional and going fuck. That's oblivion. Um, yeah, I, was, yeah. I actually had oh. to take a pause. Like, one of the few times I set it down for a while I walked away because I
0: it hit me. Yes. I'm like, that's not cool. It's emotionally devastating. Right. The and and that's all the arts. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, any writer could be like, yeah, the asteroid's going to get destroyed, and like all the people are going to die, and it's a massive genocide. But there's no words, right? That that go accompany that. There's no dialogue. There's it's not a movie, so there's no emotional music. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that. It literally is Fiona Staples' artwork. The creatures sinking into the muck, reaching for their god, and then three or four pages of just black. It is emotional. It is devastating. What's great about that, too, is
2: you. I, I can envision it now. A publisher, and was it uh, who publishes the original? Was it uh, Valiant Comics or? Image Comics. Image, yeah, Image, actually. That's a great brand. Yeah. And yeah, um, I can just see them, like the corporate overlords, being pissed that you're wasting three pages of copy i just black ink. It's going to cost them a fortune. <laughs> but the the impact on the audience cannot be
1: understated. Mm-mm. No. No. That's no. well, one of the most.
2: You know I'm drunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's couple one of the a couple wine. glasses of wine. Yeah. I'm, I'm realizing it now.
2: Like, that steak is not enough to absorb my inebriation. <laughs>
0: Well, um, uh, what are you drinking? you have beer? I have a beer in my hand. So out of my horn. If uh, switching to, horn. we got plenty of wine and we got plenty of oh, whiskey, my. if either one of those would help you. Uh. I think I'm going to fill my horn with a
2: little uh, <laughs> hydrogen dioxide in a moment just to make sure that I'm
0: uh,
2: able to continue. And we don't have any yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No uh, it's poisonous. That's so right. right. It's like, we're just the greatest the planet's history. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It'll dilute and <laughs> dissolve anything. I got my feet up on your
2: bench here. I, <laughs> Come on, what are you doing? No, I, I may do I'm turning in for a long <laughs> summer's nap <Yeah>. here. <matter. laughs>
1: <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, so you might as well Honestly we've kinda hopped around uh one through six. Yeah. In terms of, you know, we haven't gotten to uh Prince Robot. Oh. We haven't got, and his, like... The Robot Kingdom. The Robot Kingdom and Prince Robot's, like, inability to keep an erection. And uh, all of that. And the whole family dynamic. I want to come back to Lying Cat. My favorite character. Love Lying Cat. Even though all he says is lying and... But that has an element
0: of fantasy to it. You know, sure. like, that's, that's sure. sort of like the, uh, you know, the amorphous magic creature, um, you know. That blending is a great point. Yeah. Because, like you said, they like, they can detect
2: the magic particles or whatever. Oh, and yeah. you detect this, that means that the wreath are here. So there's, like, that pseudo y whatever yeah. going on there. And I think, like you said, the robot kingdom really sort of melds the two together because they're this feudalistic medieval society where they all... The best way to describe it, for those of you who haven't read it, it's a society of people, quote-unquote, who are gray androids, I guess? Yeah. I mean, their like, heads are televisions. F- right, yeah. Like, so if you're a higher echelon, you're a color TV set. Mm-hmm. If you're a plebeian, you have like a black and white old-style dial set. Right. Or if you're the king, you're a big on. Full fucking flat screen, 65 fifty, yeah, sixty five inch. DVD. One of the moments
0: in the series where I did like an old fashioned belly laugh, like a like guitar. Yes, I was laughing <laughs> on, like you know deeply and loudly. Was when King Robot walked <laughs> onto the page, and he's just a big fucking flat screen TV yeah. for a head. I was dying. That is hilarious. It is.
2: It's, Fucking hilarious, and I always like
0: in my mind I kept going because you know me
2: I'm the I'm the guy who's got to have to be able to rationalize this is why I can't enjoy cyberpunk, and I'm looking at it going like, Wait, what the fuck? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> haven't you learned your lesson? This is. Just accept it. They're yeah. TV heads. And it's all there. It's yeah. metaphorical. It's supposed and, to prove a point.
0: And Fiona Staples, like, triples down on it. Oh, like, yeah. there's no attempt to make King Robot even seem remotely anything other than comical. Yep. Yeah. Like, he's supposed to be, he's built up, like, leading up to it. Like, Prince Robot keeps re- referring to, like, my father. And my father wouldn't be happy. And, you know, when, when you get on my father's bad side, you end up dead. Like, you know, these are the kind of things we keep hearing. And when King Robo- Robot finally shows up, he's literally just a mob- Modern twenty first century, yeah. huge like sixty four inch flat yeah. screen TV
1: for ad. As it's hilarious. To, as opposed to the custodian who steals yeah, right. the the baby robot yeah. as well as Hazel, That's who's right. like a fucking um, boob tube from the seventies. Right,
0: right. But they're it's
2: they're biological though. They have children. They fuck. It's yeah. and like when they dream, one of the, the thing book, appears on their screen. It, it's. It's bizarre. It's the only the thing to describe way. it. Yeah, yeah but like a great kind of bizarre. At the end of it I realized like any hang up I would have had when I first started reading it was just stupid. It's
0: fun. <laughs> no. It's just, yeah, fun. just enjoy the romp. Exactly. Yeah, saga is if you if you pause at any moment in the reading and try to think about what it is you're reading, it's impossible to like explain it in a rational way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, a, it's astounding that all of that adds up to this like incredibly moving and emotional, uh, work of fiction because it's all absurd beginning to end. It reminds me of when we, when we talked about snow crash, when we talked about the first chapter and we were like, <laughs> we were talking about the absurdity of it and we're like, and yet somehow it works. And saga is that way beginning to end. Yeah. We're constant absurdity yeah. and so moving and so powerful.
2: I love how they like Vaughn and Staples just play with the audience too like you know they're just like saying like yeah, let's fuck with them yeah. Yeah. like the first like, like the first page is here's uh what's the name if you don't know uh Elena. Elena Elena is is basically uh giving squir- birth squir- although yeah. well, there's that or she's squirting into Marco's mouth as he eats her out on like some kind of like island planet it's like wow yeah they just went for table. it but yeah. you know what you know what's great it's like no, they truly love each other. Despite the right. fact that they're mm-hmm. apples and oranges, there's like, there's a connection there. And yeah, they're doing it for that value of the audience going like, whoa. But at the same time,
0: yeah. it doesn't, it, it it doesn't land as a hand fisted attempt to no. try to shock you. It's a, you're right. It's a bit of shock value, but it really yeah. sets up what I think is the predominant theme throughout the whole nine volumes. The, the opening pages are her giving birth and like mm-hmm. in an v- extremely graphic way, Absolutely. both visually and in the dialogue. At one point she apologizes because she's worried that she shit in his face, right? Yeah. So it's shocking both visually and in the dialogue and yet it's the birth of their daughter and it's, to me, the predominant theme of the nine volumes mm-hmm. is... These people are just trying to be a family and live their lives set against the backdrop of a larger, crazier universe. It's a family story at heart. You saying that activated one of my vast
2: memories of this whole series, like reading through the whole thing. You forget a lot of it. And it just came to me that they had their child that, didn't, that was stillborn or that uh-huh. she lost in yeah, pregnancy. Uh-huh. And somehow they were able to experience through, like, a, like a spectral yes. ghost and how heartbreaking that was. Yes. And yet, Hazel got to experience oh, the idea of having a brother for a brief time, and it was
0: just ultimately, I, right. I, at the end of it, you're like, oh, God, that hurts. When that thing, yeah. like, when, when that, like, you know, specter, when, you know, when they finally remove uh, through that procedure you know, the fetus from her body, the wolf and the specter, the ghost. Yeah. God, that, That's a creepy character right mm-hmm. there. Uh, but that's another, I, there's so much I want to say. I don't know how yeah. to like, we streamline need, like, my three... thoughts. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> But let me stay with the thought I was that, that I actually was saying, which was, um, you know, the specter of that son, you know, uh, and the way he like knows that he's about to like blink out of existence. And the way Hazel knows that, too, and is, like, trying to be strong, even though she's bonded with him. And then the way he fades out, even his dialogue gets, like, blurry to read. And he's still talking to her, not maybe realizing that it's happening right now. He knows it's going to happen, but he doesn't know it's going to happen right now. So he's still just talking to her as he's fading out and his dialogue's fading out and he blinks out of existence. Another... Absurd moment that was so
1: emotional. Yeah, agreed. I can't get over how much emotion they did pack into the entire saga so far. So, just contemplating the fact that it's going to end and I have no clue how it's going to end is just astonishing to me. Like, this is just a a masterwork Mm. in the whole idea of character development, conflict, you know, and world building and just creating characters with whom you empathize throughout the entire thing. What's interesting, oh,
2: too, is you and I read Why the Last Man, which is, I think, long ago that that yeah. and uh, it's... That, I think, succeeds on a different level, and it was really fascinating to me to see a completely different kind of emotional investment in the characters than you got from that series, and it's just... I guess it just speaks to the, the I guess, versatility of the artist. It's just... Different things that pull you in, but man, when he gets you, he hooks you good.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, at the light of being too, or er, in the light of being too serious for too long, uh, I like to switch to the lightning round if we can. Uh, there <laughs> you go. That, there's your lightning round, nope, round. No points for me here, but well, we need um, a DJ Harder. That... <laughs> Yeah, I'll put that in post. Yes, please do. Uh, so I'd like you to each answer um, with just the answer. No justification for this first one. Who is more badass, The Will or Boba Fett? Because we just finished a Star Wars film, or a Star Wars movie, uh, book, excuse me, wrong.
0: Can I ask a clarifying question? Sure. Are we talking about Boba Fett in... The saga films or in The Mandalorian? Unfair saga
1: films. Mm. And oh. I'm going to go with The Will. will. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, Dude comes back from the dead with dragon semen. Yeah. Come Bo- on. Bo- a chump in the movies. Yeah. Thank
0: you. He's okay. an absolute okay. That's why I had to ask that clarifying question. I'm definitely going The Will. Yeah.
2: If you include Mandalorian, though, it's a more of a toss-up. Yeah. It is more of
1: a toss-up. I don't know that I buy the characterization in The Mandalorian of Boba Fett. If they're trying to
2: salvage a marquee character, I know. and they made him badass.
0: Anyways.
1: It's my it's daddy's armor. armor. It's my daddy's <laughs> armor.
0: <laughs> Anywho. That's fine. So we do need it. to do the Dragon Star War, Dragging Star Wars
1: podcast that we talked about. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. We'll so get much material. All right, ready for the next one? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, who does a better job with the space opera? Saga or Spaceballs? Ooh. Saga. Saga, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Spaceballs is a novelty and it's fun. Yes. But yeah. Saga okay. really hits a lot of different
0: notes. Spaceballs yeah. is hilarious as as a parody. Yes. Um,
1: but Saga is legitimately a space opera. Right. Oh, legit. Very yeah. well done. One. I think they take two different ends of yeah. the idea of a, a space opera in that way. They're both commentary on society. It's just, mm. one is like meta-commentary in Spaceballs, yeah. and the other one is very meta. Just commentary it's that kind strong both of them, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn has done a dystopian fiction about the last man on Earth, which we've read in Why the Last Man, uh, prior to this podcast. And Saga, what would you like to see him next work on, if you could tell him what to do? Mm. Maybe not part of the lightning round, just something to think about. A Western spaghetti western or a western western spaghetti western yeah back to Tarantino (laughs) (laughs) always comes back to Tarantino yeah Brian K. Vaughn ex Tarantino in name the western I'd like to
2: see him take on a uh, like a post apocalyptic like either like the world is flooded like
1: I a, see what you're doing. A postman has I to I see come what you're doing. Say it. it. Where's my
0: day? Say it. Where's I go. <laughs> All right.
1: Maybe the world is flooded with water.
2: Yes. For example. In the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How you build a tablecloth?
1: Uh, I just did. <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> I've, been I've been struggling to work it in wow. there there's, there's so much fucking in this series Yeah, yeah Not uncalled yes, for either yeah. No It, it works <laughs> It's tastefully done like I <laughs> No it's, it's not tastefully done I mean sometimes <laughs> it is Sometimes it isn't <laughs> But it serves the fiction yes, It's purposeful for Let's To steal a phrase from you earlier And I think you are quoting somebody else It insists upon itself Right Like uh, Fiona has to grab Marco's horns because they're there mm. it's a sponsor <laughs> um <coughs> sorry I just I'm flipping through the book and all of a sudden the stalk is topless well she's and topless top right yeah, right. she doesn't old. wear a top no. period but she's uh, not a sexual being in my no oh. when you see eight limbs come out of that usually that only eight, weapons and a yeah I'm seeing a shotgun a revolver a knife yeah uh, battle axe writes. and I don't even know what this is it's like a bell thing I don't even it's know just, how you would describe that many questions. oh things. yeah I don't know what is that what is that, the fuck is that? <laughs> a
2: freelancer <laughs> character you were talking about the Will's sister yeah
1: yep. yeah we haven't even gotten to her you wanna oh you got your lightning round I don't, I no, no, no 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 no. there's only one more question for the lightning
2: round well, let's it's very lightning fast yeah, let's All right. lightning round alright
1: right. so last lightning round question how should the series end hmm knowing i mean we know that they're planning another nine they're doubling the series yeah but give me what you can
0: um i, I don't know I, I would need to think about it if i were going to give you specifics but it's the
1: lightning round there's it, no
0: thinking in the lightning has round to, it has to off the top of my head it has mm-hmm. to have you know an ambiguous ending it has to because yeah, this to be is too big of a series that tackles too many hard realities of life and human society and history to wrap up neatly. You know, it has to have an ambiguous ending that implies that even though the series is wrapped up, the story continues. That's a
2: great point. Uh, That that makes the most sense. But if you look at a lot of what they've done in this series, a lot of it is playing with your expectations and going in a different direction. Mm
1: -hmm. You
2: know, we know that it's all narrated by Hazel, you know, in her post-story life, and explaining, maybe she's talking to a shrink or something about how fucked up her upbringing
1: was or whatever. Don't pull a Shutter Island or a... <laughs> the one thing I didn't like about Baz Luhrmann's uh, Gatsby is that yes, whole Nick aspect where he's in the sanitary. Right. Yeah, yes. That's messed up. Did not oh, like
2: it. Something's turned your light on your,
1: on your porch back there.
0: Did you dog about that? Oh, we Stop. get it. uh, No, reasons get No, we get oh, uh, grizzly bears sometimes. It's, it's nothing to worry about. Oh, good. It's all good. Um, <laughs> I, just, I got uh, the bear trap set up, so.
2: I it's can fine. see Vaughn and Sable setting this up for a, uh, like, almost like a counter ending where, like, everything's fine. Like, right? Like, Marco's good. Everyone's good. Marco he doesn't why. have
1: PTSD and is okay with violence. They're well, okay. somewhere. The
0: war is over. It's yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, can we can we talk about the ending of Volume 9? Adam hasn't read it. Are we allowed to I'm discuss behind. it? I'm behind It's fine. Uh, do it's you fine. want to hear <laughs> It's fine. Do you want to hear
1: Mom? I'll let the adults talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because that's a whole other question. Um, is is uh, Adam, uh, you know, I got, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You Adam, do what you got to do. The implication is that the will kills Marco in the final pages of Volume 9. They had to come together at some point uh, Yeah, and then there's this, this very, very heartbreaking Moment where, you know, as Marco's Dying, there's like a, a flashback To a moment when Marco And his daughter are on the beach And she wants him to, like, build a castle With her, and, you know, he's like Yeah, daddy's got nothing but time for you And it's, mm. you know, I mean, anybody who You know, has children will just, you know, be torn apart by that. And then it ends with, can I see volume one for a second? Yeah, yeah. Because it ends with these words that I feel like volume one ended with, and I want to see if I'm right. Um, Or at least maybe, what would we call it? Issue one? Um, But it ends with the words like, you know, because of my parents, I got you know, to live uh, a long life or a lot of years or something. And then Those then
1: definitely in volume
0: one. It once. says not everybody got to do that. And that's the last words of volume oh, nine wow. as we see Marco, like, laying there on the floor. But, Sean, what do you think? Do you think that he's actually dead or do you think we're going to see him back when the series comes back in volume 10? I don't know.
2: He, he's too valuable a character to the entire story for then I completely write him out. Whether he comes back spectrally, or a flashback, or if he's actually resurrected, because that is a possibility in this series, I think that there's too much story potential there to mine from his presence. But then again, his absence can also drive a lot, too. Yeah. So honestly, I'm up in the air about it. I think Me if they want to be ballsy and just say, no, he's fucking dead. They are the ones who would do it. They will absolutely say, no, he's in the ground, he's gone. And they're also at the point where if they brought him back, they've laid the groundwork for that. So they've given themselves options.
0: Yes. I mean, because we don't literally see confirmation of his death there. And we've seen characters brought back from the brink. The will, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um it was dead for years yeah. and it's brought
1: back by Dragon Jizz. Right, it exists for by
0: Dragon jizz right. Which you really is, hung up on that,
1: are you? I don't know why. But I wanted,
0: just I, I wanted to, to confirm. Check out Adam's new energy drink, Dragon Jizz. Dragon soon So at the end of issue I think it's issue one here, um Elena says as they're about to kiss, my breath is atrocious. And then the narration comes in and Hazel says, But thanks to these two, at least I get to grow old. Not everybody does, as her parents are kissing. And that is how Volume 9 ends, as Marco's dying. Those exact, literally exact same words. So there's a symmetry to that, which is really nice. Part of me thinks is they're trying to
2: find a way to kill the parents off. And it it makes poetic sense that Marco will be the first.
0: Yeah. But. They have have spoken uh, in interviews about how they view the series as Hazel's story. Not Marco mm-hmm. and Elena's story. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you, you know, what you just said, that that could be true. But mm-hmm. damn it if they don't get us to care about those characters. Oh, oh yeah.
1: God. I mean, Hazel may be the narrator from the beginning. And Marco and Elena are kind of in the way. I mean, obviously, they're the reason why she's there. But, but if it's mm-hmm. Hazel's story, they do have to leave. To yes. Get out of the way. No, right. oh, come on. Emma. I mean maybe Marco could be yes. soul bonded in the same way that what's her name could be oh, The Ooh, babysitter my the baby might be my no, second. No, there's so teacher. many things to talk about. Damn, the ghost disengorged sitter. ghost sitter who shows up only at nighttime. Saga could be I feel
0: like Saga could be an entire season of podcasting. It's there's oh, that much geez, in it. It's yeah. incredible. It's but to go back to like Marco and Elena and getting them out of the way to make it Hazel's story. Marco, I can live with. You know, if they get rid of him, I can live with that. Elena is a really cool character. I would, uh, I hope she hangs around and and remains a huge part of the series because I enjoy her character very much. You know, it's interesting you say that because I
2: I feel like I really identify with Marco's sense of honor and his the The complexity of his the inner beast that he's always fighting, yeah, that wants to kill, mm-hmm. that wants to do war, but he's like, no, I, I'm a I'm a pacifist now. But he always finds himself with a weapon in his hand, killing
0: things. <laughs> yeah. There's so much story mining potential there with him. If but that same thing that you're saying, I I struggled with a little bit throughout the series because in every volume, I feel like once per volume, and through nine volumes. There's, like, Marco's like, I'm a pacifist. I will never do violence again. And then Murder is so As soon as he's in a situation where, like, he has to use some violence, he's like, oh, yeah, and he slaughters everybody. And then he's like, oh, I feel so bad. I'll, I'll never do it again until volume 6. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can say the same thing for Elena,
2: though, because she's that, like, oh, she's that cool punk chick. Mm-hmm. You know, which
0: obviously you have an affinity for and... I have no idea what that's a reference to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, the, anyway. Precast chapter. <laughs> um, the, uh, the point being that she's like oh well again they, they both
1: have stereotypical elements and that's hard to yeah. avoid when you're creating something like this. Stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason in that some people do find connections right. to them. In some regards they were useful in writing.
2: Yeah. But I think that they've tweaked enough of these characters to make them like,
1: compelling.
2: I would normally be annoyed by a character like Elena. Like, almost like, what's her
0: name? The Pooner from... The Pooner. Pooner. Yes. What's her name? A.V. Yours truly. Yours truly. I was
2: I was annoyed by her occasionally.
0: Because it's like, oh, come on. Really? That's how you write
2: this character? Yeah. And I get that same sense from Elena once in a while. But at the same time, like, there's more to her. And if you you peel another layer of that onion away, you realize, like, well, I was really writing her off as this whatever. And it's like, no, she's not. And I think the same thing goes for Marco. And that's what, to me, is a long-lasting, what really sucked me in is every character, whether it be Marco's ex, or it be the babysitter, or it be one of the freelancers, or one of the other... Numerous, well-developed ancillary characters. So many characters. There's layer upon layer upon layer where you find yourself. And this is what I tell my students all the time: the hallmark of a good work is when you think about it when you're done with it. Like a shitty movie, you walk away from it and you never think about it again. Yeah. Disney. Yep. Hey. A good movie is one that makes you go like, "Wow, how did that end?" Right. And I gotta, I gotta process. I gotta contemplate. Right. Every time I finished uh, an episode of this series, I had to sit and I had to process and I had to think about yeah. it. And that to me is a sign of, of good work. Well done. Thank you Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples for giving us
0: this. It is. It's outstanding. Yes.
1: Hell yeah. I, I don't know that we have enough time to talk about no all of it. I mean, I'm flipping through um, Volume 4 and we haven't even talked about the circuit. No. Right? No. And um, I'm trying to find the character's name who sacrifices herself in the tree ship because of a fuel leak. And she's high as fuck. The yeah. bug lady. She dies high as fuck. She's another she, Well, is. and that's that's
0: another one of those moments where it plays with your expectation because uh-huh. it sets it yeah. up like it's going to be this really emotional death, and it is. Yeah. It's it only is an emotional death. But it, it gets the punchline in at the end. It goes, you know, it's like she goes in and she she shuts out whoever the other character yeah. was. Was it Prince Robot? Somebody like she shuts him out, so she's going to go in by herself. <laughs> she's yeah, it was okay. Well, whoever it was, Maybe. she's going to sacrifice herself and she knows she's going to die and there's like this thing where it's like but at least she's going to die as she lived and then it's that whole page frame and it's just her eyes glazed over and the words high as fuck and it's like gets that
1: punch line in with the emotion. <laughs> she's got like 17 tabs of that yes. uh that drug in her hand that she's just eating as she's on fire. <laughs>
2: yeah, what's great about this series is they touch on so many different issues. That again, <laughs> you could you could look at it and go like, oh fuck, what is this after school special, right? But you you get into it, and you're like, no, that's part of what they're playing with, right? Is yeah. your expectation is going to turn into a sermon on whatever,
0: and it never does, right? Which is great. I love you know, the way that the, the, the most important themes, I think in this are like the small themes, the personal themes, the family themes, and it's set against, you know, or, or like, as we said before, you know, the social themes, the identity themes. Um, but it's always the very personal, but it's set against that huge, epic, massive galaxy wide backdrop. Um, it's an incredibly interesting way to tell those stories and explore those themes. They've nailed ambiguity
2: in Mm. this text, absolutely. Like, there's no... I'm leading you to conclude what I want you to conclude. There are so many levels of the story that it's anyone's game when you read it. Like, you could interpret anything. And yes, I know there are underlying values and ideas that they're trying to push a little bit. And I say push. Push is too strong a word. To not normalize, or to just say like, why are you fucking hung up on us? Yeah. Or like the trans character, or right. like whatever, the, the drug thing, but any of that. It's just, it allows you so much space to draw your own conclusions, which I think is just so hard to do in writing, and they just
0: nailed it. And this series is often, you know, referred to as like inspired by Star Wars. And it is... In the sense that it's a fantasy in space. But unlike Star Wars, where the characters are fundamentally good or evil, for the most part, there's, you know, some minor exceptions there. But for the most part, the characters are like, you know, this is a good character and this is a bad character. Those lines are very blurred. You talked about ambiguity, very blurred in Saga. The good guys are far from perfect, right. and the villains, as in, in as much as there even are villains, right. are not, like, clearly villains. Prince Robot starts off as, like, this monster, but by the end, you like him very right. much. He's very compelling. He's become part of their family, you know, it's very interesting the way they capture those shades. You can't you, you can't say good guy and bad guy. It's it's no.
2: antagonist protagonist all the way. Like mm. there's issues and problems that are caused for different various reasons, and it's so subtle sometimes. And it's just everything's blurry. Everything yeah. is so yeah. deftly handled so that there's no clear like these guys are one hundred percent wrong. Right. It never yeah. works that
0: way, and it changes. You know, throughout the course of the saga, too, for some characters, you know, the will is a good example of this. You know, at at points in the saga, he's he's very sympathetic. And at other points in the saga, he is like you hate him, like Mm -hmm. with all of your heart, you hate his character. And, you know, the fact that they're able to do that, they're able to represent like, you know, people are just people. And depending on what they're doing at any given time or at what point they're in in their life or what the context is. They can seem good or they can seem evil. You know that's a really difficult thing I think to render fictionally, uh, and they do it very well. We've
2: been saying they because it truly is a partnership. Mm. Like yeah. if Brian I might write the story, but
1: without Fiona Staples, it just right. wouldn't work. No, at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Even if you had a very competent artist who just took a different direction, mm. no, I don't think you could get away with it. Like I'm looking at, for example, Gus. The, character, the seal character Gus, yes. oh, I love ah, that character, or yeah. Goose, and like the way in which it. Frendo, friendo. Friendo. <laughs> oh <friendo. laughs> no. Frendo! I want to name my kids some animals. I Frendo. can feel the <laughs> pull, Frendo, and that's how they find uh, them. Yeah. Like you know, there's. <laughs> Ryan on and Fiona Staples know how to work in the innocence no. when yes. things have gotten so cynical. We haven't <laughs> even talked about the the writer. Who wrote the
2: shitty Dime, like, dime Store novels. Yeah, and, like, yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. is driving their whole
0: philosophy. Right. And oh, it Jesus. it comes yeah. from, like, some crap freaking story. Right. So, I, I should clarify, because we said earlier in the cast that we picked this bottle of wine because it had, you know, the, the huge antlers on it. So, that was the connection <laughs> yeah. to Wreath and the Horns. But we, we did not explain why we picked wine in the first place. And that's because... As far as I could tell, the only depiction of alcohol that I recall in the entire nine volumes is when Marco's mother and this Cyclops author, what is his name? <laughs> D.
1: Oswald Heist.
0: That's yeah, right, Oswald Heist. Heist. Where they share and they bond over
1: a, a bottle of wine. Yeah. So, yeah. When, when they're essentially planning the family's future together mm-hmm. behind their backs. And it, yes, yes.
0: Which gets into the whole family theme, you know? Like, the older people are, like, going to plan the younger people's future. and Yeah, because the
1: younger people don't know what's <laughs> up. There's, There's too there. much to unpack. There's just so much. <laughs> too much for an hour Did we long pick cast? Yeah, we picked a book that was too good. We picked a series that was too and, good. And
0: we should point out at this point that we are not, not... Not one of the three of us are like this. We're not gushers, you know? We're not, like... I mean, You're we're pretty, we're hard
1: to, <laughs> we're hard to please people. That's, That's right. Sure. I mean,
0: in our first, you know, uh, you know, four or five episodes that we've done so far, like there's ones that we've liked more and ones that we've yeah. liked less. But there's been a fair amount of criticism, no matter what. Oh, you could have yeah. called us the, the Sean's haters guys uh, <laughs> <laughs> thus far. And th- this is the one where, like, <laughs> all three of us have just walked away from this, like, blown away. Nice. I mean, we just all agree that this is yeah. just genius. This is I, I'm
1: sad that I can't read more of it. I honestly think that this speaks to the ability to serialize your story and take your time with your collaborators. Because, you know, if you had to pop this off in one huge compendium of a graphic novel over, like, 500 pages, and Image Comics had given them three years, get this shit done, I don't think they would have gotten anywhere near the depth or the breadth that they were able to to accomplish.
2: To your point too, that that also brings up a whole other issue of dealing with a monthly deadline or whatever they were dealing with. I'm not sure if it was monthly, but in my comic book knowledge going back to when I was a kid, I would get a new episode of Amazing Spider-Man every month. And it's like that idea that you're working under the gun. Like You've got to advance the story. You've got to do the art. You've got to do the lettering. You've got to do the color. You've got to do it all. And it's got to be in print within a month. That's crazy, and Adam holds up the I'm picture of the dragon sucking his own dog-like, phallic. penis, yeah. sheath,
0: unsheathed, multi-leveled, veiny bastard. Hard I, to blame that dragon for not wanting to leave its own cave.
1: I'm not <laughs> trying to find all the fallacies in the book, but oh as I spun through it, every single dick... Is jumping out of me. You know, that, that scene
2: reminds me of uh, that one Will Ferrell short for SML. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? He becomes a yoga master.
1: Oh mmh, yeah, for one yeah. reason only: just suck his own dick.
2: Yeah, and he just spends his entire life there. Because mm-hmm. what man wouldn't? That dragon just speaks what we all feel.
1: And then on the very next page, it's that that android who's trying to steal Hazel, blasting the face off that serpent monster when he's like. Is me, Hazel? Yeah. And it's the Daisy in black and white. There's another well, character we didn't get into
0: was the Abductor. Yes, android. and that's another character who... <laughs> your perspective changes on throughout, yes. though, because at first, he like you know, he's, like, this terrorist sort of character that, like, invades the castle as a janitor and he, like, murders the woman. Princess I think while she's nursing the baby, if yeah. I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Yep. You know, he seems like a monster yeah. and he's taking them to join with, like, this terrorist organization, but then he becomes this very sympathetic character
1: and his... Am I right? Didn't his son yeah. die? And yeah. like his son some... died of a very yeah. curable disease, but because of the inequities... In yeah, the I, another now. theme. Right, another social right? yeah. theme. Oh, right. so yep. much going on. It is. It's incredible. Um, have we just become a Brian K. Vaughn fan camp? <laughs> <I> can,
0: <laughs> can, we, we, can, can we... Can we, worse? Can we, we criticize? Could. Is there something we can say that's negative about Saga? Because we have not done that yet. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot of dick. <laughs> there is a lot... Yeah, and, I mean,
2: yeah. Sometimes, you know, I sometimes just feel... it
0: feels like they're packing too much in.
2: Like we just, we, we speaking to that. There's so many layers to unpack. Like, like Mark was would be mistress on that one planet, and like all these who other... chases him around for five books. Right,
0: but even that, even that, I, I like. I loved the way that was depicted as this like American suburban neighborhood yes. amidst this insanely futuristic space yes. opera. They just, like, they go to this neighborhood where Weird. it's, like, she lives in, like, a ranch, and they have a trampoline in the backyard, and they're playing on the swings at the yeah. playground. Like, I I really enjoyed that. That was such a nice, like, refreshing touch. But it feels like almost, like,
2: I guess my only criticism would be is they introduce so many complexities that there are times when you feel like they get a little, like, short shit just because of the fact that there's just too much going on. But that's... There's that nice. more books coming. That's <laughs> a ultra minor criticism. Yeah. Sure. If, I'm, if I'm digging yeah. for something negative yeah. to say it's that other than the weird postules on that one guy's throat. Mm. The planet fucker. Yeah, the planet planet back fucker. That <laughs> was, that, that took and I, again, probably like, this is a backhanded compliment and how masterfully Sabres yeah. was able to manipulate my impressions
1: there. I'm really struggling to find a criticism. I, to be I can't honest. think of a single one. I mean, <laughs> I was just thinking about something off the top of my head, but it was really just like a, a superficial thing yeah. that could be easily solved in nine more volumes you you're planning.
2: One of my initial misgivings in misgivings is like, a tree that's a rocket ship? The rocket oh. ship
1: forest? What the fuck? But then you know what? They make it, it fucking works.
2: work! Sure it's got to regenerate. It has to land. It's got to suck up the rockety nutrients.
0: It's like, yeah. shit! They found a way even then to make right. me go like, yeah. okay, and in, in fantasy, that's, you know, that's what we call world building. Yes. They have to, yeah. they, they, they can create whatever weird ass shit they want yes. to, as long as they can explain the rules behind it. And what you just said is what they do with that. Like, I, I was the same way. Like, wait, they're saying they're going to go to this one area of the planet because there's wooden, like, tree-like spaceships there. That's weird. But as it goes on, they define the rules for that. Exactly. Like it has to yeah. like you said, it has to land every so often and put down roots and refuel and yeah. You know they say this is inspired by Star Wars. I wonder how much of this is inspired by Kroll. I have not seen that. Does anybody get that fucking reference? I get the reference, but I've not watched it. Deeper than me. Kroll was this seventies,
2: eighties Swords and Sandals yes. sci-fi piece where the guy basically has this thing called a glaive, which is this multi-bladed throwing star thing he controls with his mind to fight this space beast demon that's abducted his girl. <laughs> it's bonkers.
0: And crawl, if I'm not mistaken, was, they tried to capitalize on Star Wars Absolutely with crawl. Yeah. I've never seen it, though. There's a cyclops.
2: There's a lot of fantasy. There's, there's horses that fly on fire. Like there's a lot of weirdness that yeah. feels like it'd be right at home in saga. <laughs> Hit me up, Brian Vaughn, if you're listening to our podcast here and you're sitting there going, like, Oh hell yeah, Krull Let <laughs> yeah. me know in the socials, which I don't check anyway, but I'll check Adam it. will let me know. Yeah. I'll let you know. Because Let's I check. I'm feeling the Krull vibes right now, now yeah. that I mentioned it. I gotta go home and watch this now or read this. Yeah, it's worth it. no.
0: no. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's interesting. I'll go with that. Maybe go yeah. mystery science theater on it. Yeah, and watch it, but oh, with yeah. a healthy dose of commentary.
1: Let's throw that
2: saga is way better. Yeah, I way yeah better.
1: I can't say a single negative thing except for it's not done. I'm honestly
0: okay. trying. Uh, I'm yes. Give them the hit the bell. Right. Thank you. Go. you. I've been trying to sit here, you know, as we've been talking about this, and trying to think of, like, what is something I would criticize about the series. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, I can't think of anything that rings true. Like, that that sounds like a real criticism. Yeah, you know? we're not Honestly. just trying to
1: be nitpicky.
0: Right. I yeah. I, I, I pick nits. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I can't, can't think of a single it. thing.
2: You know what's funny is I always tell my kids, it's like, they always want to watch these same movies over and over again. And I go, why? I've seen it once. I've seen it once. Why do I need to watch it again? It's a waste of my life. I, there's too many good things out there to absorb and to keep watching the same crap over and over again. This is a series where I think, no, I will read this again. You have to, mm-hmm. to just glean everything. Yes. Yeah. I will go back, and I'm not a re-reader unless that's something I have to teach. and Or a stamp. Really
0: loved. And I really love this, and I will reread <laughs> this because it's that good. It seems like you would take some it's it's one of those things that would reward rereading. That you would take yeah. some more you would see something, some new angle, some new perspective that you hadn't seen before in rereading it. Agreed. Um, you know, I don't know. There's so much more that we could even just talk about is 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 like, you know, even the way the genres change from like volume <laughs> to volume. You know, like volume, I think it's eight is practically a western. Mm-hmm. When they go to like abortion town and then they get like you know, uh bandits like try to rob them oh, and stuff, you mean like the minotaur and... people or
2: not minotaur, what yeah. are they? The
1: uh Centaurs? Centaur people one's a centaur, one's not, and one's like kind of a centaur. It's, it's out there. Gentlemen, I'm sensing a second cast when nine through eighteen <laughs> get made. Oh, oh yeah. hell yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh while well, I said a group pick, honestly I think um mm. I don't think we could have done better mm. no. for this month. Is this I mean, our
2: first unanimous <laughs> li- you should read? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Three bells. Well,
1: you always
0: ask us for the yay or nay. Like, Yeah, oh, let's go for yay. Maybe, maybe for sake of like just like this upsetting expectations, what if we all just gave it a nay right now and just shit on it at the <laughs> end after this entire <laughs> raving about it for an hour. Loved it, loved it. <laughs> Fuck it. Don't no, <laughs> read it. Yeah. Too much you know penis. Should I, should I be like... <laughs> Fuck you, yeah. Brian Cable. You know what?
1: Fuck you. No, I can't. I can't, even, I can't. I can't. I can't even make my, I didn't get to the climax joke. Because one, they're not done. Two, no. there was enough sex in there that I did multiple times. I just shut the door. Oh. So, there you go.
2: I gotta say, this is great. It's a great experience. And uh, I am so glad we read it. I if do. you haven't read this series... Or if you're even thinking, like, should I read this series? What the Fire. fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Get out Fire. there and get this series and read it. It is test.
0: Absolutely. Binge oh. read it. too. binge song. read it. One through nine.
1: Three hard yeses. Yeah. Hard, throbbing, veiny yeses. <laughs> uh, I don't even know then. Should I hold our breath and not Talk about our next book. Oh, shit. I've already read a few chapters, man. You got to right. Yeah, we need to. We need to <laughs> I'm investing. So we are, we are shifting out of the uh, graphic novel realm and moving over to uh, the novel realm with N.K. Jameson's um, The City We Became, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm so looking forward to a brand new piece of speculative fiction. Uh, weird. And I love the weird. I can't speak for you guys, but I hope it's a, an interesting pick for everybody. Stand by for me to
2: say the words magical realism a lot.
1: Yes. Ooh. And and just by way of previewing
0: the author and the text, M.K. Jemsen has, uh, you know, taken the fantasy world by storm in recent years. Uh, I believe the first author in history who's won the Hugo Award uh, for every single book in her trilogy, yep. uh, which was the Broken Earth Trilogy and so this is her most recent book It's set in uh unlike her fantasy stuff this is still a fantasy i guess but it's set in like a modern realistic new york um you know uh and and uh it it sounds really interesting and it's gotten some good reviews and Yeah. yeah looking forward to it yeah